Alright, let me get out of this mood I'm in, dude. Alright, zone in. Alright, I'm gonna shoot heroin between my nutsack. Really get my juices going. <laughs> Damn, I, like, yeah, I have my have my coffee and my pills, all of that combined. I call that the David cocktail. You know, when you talk, when you start off by talking about your nuts, like you know, <laughs> I think that really has multiple meanings. But. That's what I call the start of a good show, David. Right, well, let's get the shit started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome once again. We're back, baby, again. Not that we ever left. Well, we missed a week only because uh, stuff happened, but I hope you missed us because we missed you. Welcome. This is Life's a Wreck, episode number 16. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brian Ortiz, or son of Orthi. My name is David Castle, or Castillo. David Welcome once again, as I will repeat myself, to Life's a Wreck, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. David, as I like to say to you, um, you know, traditionally when you go to the bathroom and you're taking a shit, you know, I hope that you think of my (laughs) voice in the background and the things that I say to you. And I want you to know that what I'm doing metaphorically and spiritually is I'm whispering in your ear and I'm saying, David, what is life but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another? Wreck. That's us. So what is this show about? Well, it's very simple. We are two guys, two male men, machismos in this world. Are you Spanish if you're happy? I think I used it right. I don't know because I failed Spanish almost twice, two semesters. And we're trying to love and learn about one another through pop culture, social lubrication, if you will. I mess it up every day, every you know one of these episodes. It doesn't matter. The point is, Every week, one of us will bring a topic to the table, and we will learn about one another through that topic. And at the end, each one of us will spend time recapping what they learned about the other person in the hopes that we become more friends and we break down the shackles of 2022 and we become more open, male-gendered men in this world, David. And that's the point of the show. I think that makes sense. Did that make sense, David? I don't know. You know, I was really distracted by like the milk sweat around your chest area. Like you've been working out hard and, and it's just, it's it's really distracting. So like, to me, I don't think of machismo. I just think of like raw sex appeal. Like right. I can smell, right. I can smell the sex in the air. Right. Well, it is palpable between us. <laughs> it's true. That it's very, but it's in a room and it's, I swear to God, it's like cutting deep into like the rest let's just cake and sex for the two of us. <laughs> Tres leches oh, of sex. That should go on our shirt when we have a store for the first time. <laughs> that, that's that's some really messy sex. You know, one of, one of the things I'll say about, uh, you know, sort of especially Mexican desserts, because I understand you actually went to a spot that had a really solid Mexican dessert. And by the way, we're talking about food, not like, you know, uh, Latino. Never mind. Um, Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David. Go on. <laughs> Those brain cells are dying as the more we talk about sex oh my, and churros. Dude, you are j- you're just you're still thinking about the tres leches sex. I know it's hard. I put it in your brain like an earworm. But <laughs> I, I know people are brain. wondering what you were about to say. By the way, let's. I want to give a shout out to them because they're really good. Free advertisement. I love churros in San Antonio. It's a little 
coffee dessert pastry place. Wait, I wait, cannot wait. stress enough you, how delicious it is. You need to gentlemen. clarify the actual name of the place because I people might have missed it if you weren't clarifying that for them. Oh, right. People think I be <laughs> yeah, a fat kid. It just sounds like I said I love churros. No, no, no. Like no shit. <laughs> gentlemen. Yeah, no shit, fatty. <laughs> Uh, the name of the place is called I Love Churros. You can check them out. They're on Instagram. Uh, they're delicious. If you've ever craved that kind of sweet-tasting world of the Chicano flavors and desserts. Can I say Chicanos, dude? Is that cool, David? Is that allowed? That's absolutely allowed. Like that was Remember, okay. remember Chicanos started out as a slang against other Mexicans by Mexicans, got then got co-opted as something that really indicated Mexican-Americans specifically. Gotcha. So, so we're good. We're, yeah, we're Hispanic, good Hispanic, okay. no. Chicano, yes. <laughs> right. Copy that. I'm going to mess it up. So <laughs> this Chicano flavor is built into this cute Instagram-looking store that has everything from uh, flan to abuelita chocolate. So you can't say no to that, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to I Love Choodles, S-A-T-X on Instagram. Hit them up. You know, whenever the inner Mexican pops out in you, like I guess I'm a huge fan. Like, I really think if you if you really kind of spoke to that inner sort of inner uh, John Leguizamo, like you could you could be John Leguizamo. Now, maybe not John Leguizamo. I can Leguiz- never be John Leguizamo. Okay. He's amazing. Maybe not John Leguizamo and Romeo plus Juliet, but definitely Leguizamo in Executive Decision. I would have preferred you say John Leguizamo in Super Mario Brothers. Fuck out of here. My God. <laughs> Every, but, every okay, fucking time. Executive decision, dude. He like dies so early. They kill the Mexicans no, no, no. so fast. Steven in that Skull one, dude. dies. Leguizamo takes over as one of the soldiers that like makes it to the end, along with oh, he does make Joe it to Morton. the end. Yeah, and Kurt Russell. Oh, okay. I confuse him with yeah. Okay, I still would have preferred Luigi, but you know, I appreciate the compliment. Um, you know what it is, David? It's because I've been listening to a new podcast actually called Isimo. I don't know if you ever heard about it. It's three guys discussing. Uh, Latino culture, and so I oh, uh, just kind of been in the mood all of a sudden, dude. I thought you'd be proud of me because I'm expanding myself. I, I am proud, dude. Like I'm, it's that's awesome. Check them out, ladies and gentlemen. They're really funny, and I found them on TikTok, and they're on Apple and Spotify. I hit them up. I'll put them in the uh, links below, ladies and gentlemen. But David, enough about promoting every other business except <laughs> yeah. our own. <laughs> we don't do that What's, enough, to be fair. We don't. We don't. We're hoping to more in the future. I definitely want to do some collabs with like some other cool podcasters in the in the in the future. But David, uh, for those at home, today's topic is actually your topic. That you're going to learn about something about me today, hopefully, and I can get out of this emotional funk that i'm in dude um help me out here david like bring it on baby let's let's get the show started david what I, do you got for me today? i really don't know if this is going to bring you out of your funk but um but but awesome, I, I know typical. it's 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 on my mind for sure so okay um let's start let's just get right into it let's get into the flan of it um, <laughs> that's another shirt so um so i wanted to talk about westerns um and Ooh. i know i know this is kind of like a Maybe not like the topic that you like think of when you think of interest in things that we could talk about and something that maybe we could potentially learn from each other about. But okay, uh, the reason why I wanted to talk about it is one, I doubt you saw the movie that I recommended, which is fine. We, we don't. You know, that's, old, old Henry. Yeah. Oh, not yet. Okay. Um, I haven't seen it yet. It's on my. Ma- David, you know I have a large list yeah, yeah, of yeah. movies that I've bought over the course of like a week. I don't mean no so disrespect. I'm getting through those, but it is there. It is there. No, I, I give you props. You fucking bought it before even like watching it. So yeah. Um, on your recommendation, because I trust you, my dude. So I wanted to talk about westerns because, I, you know, it's it's one of those genres that feels like it's impossible to make intelligently nowadays. 
Um, really? And and it, and, and that, this is where you can disagree, but like I have a more specific question. But I I, I wonder if kind of part of it is because um, because of what we can say we now know about like the Wild West. You know, we know that for example. Um, you know, only a small number of people died back then in clashes with Indian tribes, right? So this idea of like stumbling into like, you know, dangerous territory was like, you know, mm-hmm. mostly bullshit, right? You know, most of the violence mm-hmm. were government issued massacres. Uh, we Got know you. that cowboys were by and large not white, square jawed Kevin Costner clones. Um, they were Mexican cattlemen called vaqueros. One in three cowboys were Mexican cattlemen. Um, yes. And the funniest thing, which is that like, well, Old American towns often enforce strict gun laws, right? So it, it so it's kind of hard to make a, a classic Western when people know how much like bullshit they've relied on in the past. You know, like who wants to see a movie about Mexicans and gun control? <laughs> you know right, sure, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. And and so, um, and so you know, I was curious, you know, kind of like in your if first off, if you even think that impression is true, and like you know, second off, second if you think there's um, if you think there's like a Western that's that's kind of felt like it respected the history, uh, and again, anything that starts John Wayne doesn't count. But okay, um, well there goes half my count. Awesome. <laughs> but but maybe just just kind of like general impressions because I don't I feel like it's a genre that people either have specific opinions about or not at all. Yeah, I think the genre definitely started off with. Um, you know, when it, when they were doing it, it was a time where heroes were born and made in the Wild West. You know what I'm saying? That's a great and uh, trailer voice, by the way. Movie. Thank you, thank you. I'm also trying to be working on my Sam Elliott. Speaking of Wild West, uh, every 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 moments I get, every moment I get, I try to do a Carl Jr.'s commercial in the voice of Sam Elliott to practice my Western voice. You know what I'm saying? That's gonna. I do it in my bathroom when I'm showering and crying. I'll sit there and I'll just kind of like. You know, I'll look into the shower head and I'll pretend like I'm reading a, a copy and I'll say, Get yourself Carl Jr.'s, the new bacon double cheeseburger. You know what I'm saying? How's that? What is that? Is that pretty good, Sam Elliott? How's that? It's it's good, Sam Elliott. It's it's not my berry pepper though. So like you just No, it's not well, we've set a we've set a bar for impressions. I cannot reach it, but this is my best. You know, like when he does uh I know a man named the dude. And he walked down to Carl Jr.'s to get himself a new double bacon terminator biscuit you know whatever they have over there I, and stuff like that. i think but, you're right there with my anthony hopkins i think the only issue is that like you keep talking about you bring carl juniors into this shit and like again you're it's, uh, my mind is torn between like the accuracy right right get yourself out in the wild west by driving an f1 ford 50 that's, the that's, new texas ranger I, that's only a carl juniors how's that sound <laughs> yeah Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> you really need to let me focus on the accuracy, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. Correct. Okay. So, you know, it's it's interesting because I really think, uh, you know, it felt like back in the day they were all about heroes conquering Native Americans and Mexicans, I guess, right? You know, like that was the dream that they showed, you know, white saviors showing up and saving the world and blah, 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 and taming the wild west. You're going to hear a lot of me doing that, by the way, because you brought this up, so I don't get to use this voice too often. So... I think that over time, I I do feel like we have, as a society, started to show more of the ugly side of what the Wild West actually was. Now, as to say what is the most historically accurate one, that's a good question. Um, I would say, I don't even know if I, I don't even know one. I mean, 
all of mine come from the 90s. <laughs> so, like, you know, the Quick and the Dead, you know, a little bit of the Young Guns in there from the Dude, 80s. Quick and, and the like Dead that. was you know, great. Like, the Quick and the Dead is phenomenal. I love that movie. Sam Raimi's take on a Western. Yes, please, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I, um, real quick, I just want to add something. I think that's why oh, yeah. that also stands above the crowd, which is that it's just so stylized. It doesn't pretend to be anything else other than just like a stylized mm. fun action movie that just happens to be a western and of course you got yeah. gene hackman at the fucking top of his game dude could you your hackman i love your hackman i love this guy's head you have baby leo <laughs> you got russell crowe showing up man okay my god the, the, wait, the wait, cast wait. list just goes on why and are on. you not even you know that feels sexist you don't even mention sharon stone uh no dude i was watching russell crowe the entire time oh okay. cool right. sexy priest fair enough you, come you, on your sexual taste come on. is very different than that. um you know i don't know that's a good question david do you know is there is there you might know this i don't know what would be considered the most accurate take on a western do you know is there one out there right now that is considered the most accurate take on a western Aside from the 1992 uh, TV show Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa, aside from that one, God damn you, dude! You, know, <laughs> you it, were yeah, you know I was going to bring that up. Here's what prompted that discussion, which is I saw two two westerns recently, um, both on the opposite ends of the spectrum. So one was The Heart of They Fall, and I don't know if you saw that. Oh, dude, that's on my list. I'm dying to see it. You saw it? I, so I saw it, but here's the thing, like. To me, it was a perfect example of like a movie overcorrect, and it's like, well, westerns Ooh. always have been have always been white, so it just becomes a super stylized film about a bunch of like killers just fighting each other. And I I didn't find that interesting. Like I didn't find the characters interesting, even though like the characters they play are based on real life people, like Bass Reeves, famous cowboy, um, who, mm-hmm. who's been like popularized in, in fiction for like you know for quite a while, but. Um, uh, Denzel Washington kind of more or less played his character in The Magnificent Seven, and then they sure. featured him in the um, Watchmen show. And the other thing was the other movie was <laughs> the other movie was Hostels with Christian Bale. Did you ever see that? No. So it does this thing where it's like in trying to be a gritty western. <laughs> there's this character played by Rory Cochran who kind of like <laughs> like more or less like says what sort of maybe like I'm kind of thinking here, like just has his character flat out tell one of the Indians in the movie, I'm sorry the modern audience was duped into thinking we didn't fuck your people over with disease and bloodshed. I'm so sorry. Please let this acknowledgement in a movie act as closure. You know, it's just like, I, I think like, I, I think it's great when films try to kind of respect sort of the history that they're trying to dramatize Okay, but like, it just it comes across as false if you're also trying to like sneak in commentary and and apologies within that. And so I'm curious, like it, it almost something about the genre just feels like I think that's why I'm not really interested in accuracy. I'm just interested in do you think there's a western that captures? And maybe, maybe we answered it. Maybe the Quick and the Dead was it. But do you think the <laughs> yeah. Quick and the Dead is the most highly rated, accurate version of the of the Wild West? Let's be real here, ladies and gentlemen. Something that straddles the line. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, maybe the westerns themselves are not doing justice to the westerns. It's maybe the other genres, right? Like when I think about like westerns that kind of that aren't westerns but that feel most like a westerns. You think about like. Ghost of Mars, Escape from New York, uh, Extreme Prejudice with Nick Dolte, very underrated. Yeah, Book that, of Eli, well, that's true. Priest. You're right. Is it is that's actually a good point, David. It's funny. The things I think of that are the most Western nowadays 
our our takes on Western films. Maybe it's because I didn't grow up heavily with Westerns in my life. I didn't really get to discover them fully and appreciate them until I was much older. But I know that for me, like two of my favorite Westerns aren't even really the Westerns. Um, the movie that I think of one of my favorite Westerns is Firefly. And that's just a space Western right, yeah. that takes place out in space. The other one that I really like is Sean Connery's Outland. <laughs> God damn it. Outland is one of the most like westerny type stories you could ask for. It's just set on a space station, uh, you know, out in space. Well, you know, see, and it's funny because we were talking about apocalypses and assless chaps, you know, last right. episode. And, yes. and I think it's interesting that like when I think of maybe an apocalyptic sort of uh, rhythm and just mm-hmm. like the day to day like doldrums or whatever, it feels a western is kind of what comes to mind. And so, you know, um, so I'm kind of curious why Westerns don't seem to track with you. Westerns are my quiet favorite. That's what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? They're not the ones that I talk about the most, only because also my my catalog in my mind is very small. Um, but what I have seen, I always really, really like. You know what I'm saying? No, I haven't sat down and watched all of Gunsmoke or something like that. You know what I mean? But I really enjoy Me and my mom used to grow up. Uh, my mom, I loved Tombstone. Like that was a staple movie that played in my house constantly, and I love it. And, and it, it, I, I have, I have like a ton of versions of it. I like watching uh, director's cuts of it. I like reading about it. Th- those have some of the best lines in my life that I probably started saying when I was a kid. Like, you called down to thunder. Well, now you got it. You know what I'm saying? You get all those cool ass lines and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? You tell them I'm coming. You tell them I'm coming. Like, I mean, come on, right? I get excited with a good Western, um, but you're right. My catalog for old Westerns in their heydays when they were coming out really between like the 50s and the 70s when they were just pounding them out, it's really slim picking. I'm trying to up it if it makes you feel good. I'm trying to up it, but I don't talk about it immediately because it's not um, my best known subject. And I don't want to sound like a fool in front of you and other people when you're recommending Old Henry and I'm talking about Tombstone all the time. You know By the I mean? way, that's not cool. Is it strange that when you start quoting Tombstone, like the line that I remember is Kurt Russell just bullying Billy Bob Thornton and saying the line, and this is clearly like, you know, informed by like classic Western speak. Ain't no need to go heel getting a bulge in a tub like you, which doesn't make any sense to me. But why do you remember the most? Yeah, that's what I mean. The uh, most minutia. insane <laughs> fucking minutia. I don't understand how your brain works. This is amazing. I don't even remember that line. I've seen that movie a thousand times. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, I'm curious. Did your mom like love Tombstone herself? And that's like, did you get dragged into watching Tombstone or was it just something like? You just have to have like as a family. No, I got dragged into it. Like most things that I appreciate later, my mother dragged me into them because I'm a kid. What do I care? This is like the 90s. I wanted to watch the Cowboys of Moo Mesa and my mom was not having it. You know, she loved the cast. Uh, she loved the people. We visited Tombstone, the set in oh, Arizona because I had, I had yeah, a family Tempe. who lived out. I had family who lived out there. So we walked around and I was like, they did a little gun show for you. Fell off the roof. You could go to the saloon and get a sarsaparilla, you know, that kind of stuff. So she watched it, and it was just one of the few movies that my mom was able to enjoy, and it was okay for me to watch. So she would sit down and watch it with me, and I just thought Kurt Russell was cool. I thought Sam Elliott was cool. You know, I thought, of course, Val Kilmer was the coolest at the time. You Dude, know what I mean? That, so his performance. Come on. By the way, like I, to me, the coolest was Absolute Powers Booth. 
Like I, I think of. I knew you were gonna say power. I knew you were gonna say Powers Booth. I knew it only because of all the lines. Like to me, his just like that pause be right before, bye. <laughs> is, is to me just like the best delivered line I think I've ever heard in film. Once again, another quote nailed by David. That was perfect. That was a perfect Powers Booth. <laughs> bye. Uh, I think some of the most quotable stuff, you know, just comes from. Uh, from Val Kilmer in that movie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's Val Kilmer's show, 100. <laughs> percent It's the Val Kilmer show. We're just watching it. Um, what is? What, I'm looking up quotes here. <laughs> I love some of the stuff that he says here. One of them being like, "My hypocrisy goes only so far," and I'm just like, "Oh, that's such a good. This is such a good line." Um, what's another good line? Hold on, I love this. This is great. Of course, I'm not gonna say the most famous one because we all know it. Uh, what is another one here? Oh, here's one. So what does it say? Why, Johnny Ringo? You look like somebody just walked over your grave. <laughs> you know, you know, I, like I wish we would have focused more on these impressions because I feel like we're kind of going through them. Like I did not try to do Kurt Russell. I should have. It does. It looks like you kind of try to go past Val Kilmer. Did you just feel like? You, no, I'm trying to do Val okay, Kilmer. Right. That's how he sounds. That's how he does it. Hold on. It wasn't my, very okay, good. Okay, hold on. Oh, hold on. Not very. Oh, that's fighting words. That's, all right. Let's okay, see hold it. on. Okay, here's a good one. Okay, <clears throat> let's see if I can zone in here. Get my get my Val Kilmer going. Get my I have tuberculosis. I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You gotta get your tuberculosis voice, whiskey voice. <clears throat> it's up. Here. It's a little bit up. It's kind of up here. Mm. Um, here we go. <clears throat> I have two guns. One for each of you. <laughs> I'm swaying. You, you can't see it on the podcast, but I'm swaying my gun. Look, like look, don't don't tell them what you're doing because it's embarrassing. I, this is a. I have to. This is an audio format. They cannot physically see me. You psychopath. They need to see what I'm doing. Wait a second. Wait. A second. I I think you're getting like a tone and a spirit really well, but you're giving them too much sophistication. Like that. What, what he, was that like? There was like a hint. He has of faux sophistication, and that's the whole bit. He's lying about it, right? Like he's pretending to be like, I have two guns, one for each of you. Which is mm. funny because in real life, his character was a doctor or was a dentist. Correct. One of my one of my favorite lines is not something you'll be able to find on uh, IMDb or whatever. Which is okay, rude. Go ahead. Which is towards the um, right after the gunfight across like the river where like uh, Powers Booth is killed. Um, the the guy that one of the guys is asking Val Kilmer's character, like, why why did you risk your life to like you know, fight with Wyatt Earp like, and and Val Kilmer's like, Wyatt Earp is my friend, <laughs> and the guy's like, I got lots of friends, and that's Val Kilmer's just like super grim dark, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, wow. I, I I don't know I don't know what I love about that line. There's just like the pathos. Okay, in it. David. Um, you definitely hit the emotional tonality of Val Kilmer in that it, scene right there. That was pretty good, dude. I, I always remember it the two guns good. line kind of like, I got two guns, one for each of you. Okay, all right. Is this a Val Kilmer impression off? All right, dude. Okay, let me give it a second. That was good. Fuck okay, let me get I, I'm a trying second to get one. you I got up, a second man. one. I'm tra- I'm, I got a second one. Okay. The movie by <clears throat> Here we go. I have tuberculosis. I'm drunk again. I've been <laughs> gambling and sexing too much. <clears throat> Evidently, Mr. Ringo's an educated man. Now I really hate him. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was really good. Your, your draw is a little too like protracted, but that was excellent, man. Oh, it's, it's, oh. You're like you're on the cusp. You're like 82%. Okay. You, you know, there's only like one impression. I realize we're like way off topic. There's only one impression I'm truly proud of, which is my impression. Barry Pepper? Besides that one. Um, okay. My impression of, uh, what you call it, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis as uh, Bill the Butcher uh, from, of course, Gangs in New York. I think that was a character's name, right? Did I actually get that wrong? Maybe I did. 
I don't know. I remember it. I mean, you did. You put a lot of heart and soul into that. <laughs> you know, I, feel, I, really, I really felt like you cared and tried very, very, very hard on that one. And I, I, I appreciated it as we continue our, our, you know, who's got the better impression catalog in this podcast, which is not what I expected when we started doing this. But here we are. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Well, bye. It's <laughs> a really good quote. Is, is that how we're going to? We, that needs to be just just cut that yeah. into the end of the show. And that's how we end it. Yeah, don't worry. We're gonna come back to this at the very end of the show. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna let you do. I'm gonna let you out us on that one, David. I love Tombstone, man. It's so good. David, have you ever, have you ever like uh, dressed all Western before for anything? Costume party, you know, an event of some kind. Have you like full? Have you ever gone full garb, belt, gun, the whole thing? No, I mean, mainly because Would you be interested. I'd be interested in assless chaps. Oh, but who wouldn't, right? I mean. <laughs> You're right. I'm with you on that. Who wouldn't be interested in assless chaps? You have to understand like how much my perception of you has changed just from that one answer on the apocalypse episode. I may never chaps. I, I may mm-hmm. never recover from that ever again. You're welcome. Is all I can say. <laughs> You're welcome. I've opened your mind. I'm 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 th- I'm changing the views the way you see people, my dude. I'm, this is what the whole podcast is about. Look, I've changed your view about me forever. Maybe the good, maybe the bad. Time will tell. Okay, time will tell. But you know, like I listen, I, I do want to kind of track into the personal shit that that originally was kind of like. It's funny because we didn't really get into the weeds of, of westerns and and uh, what makes them uh, tick in their own way. Whether or not mm-hmm. it, whether or not it's a genre that should maybe just die out. <laughs> I don't know, but. Um, I definitely think the genre should be adapted as they do with great movies like Outland or Firefly. I love taking the Western motif and adding it to a more future. I like when they add it to the future world, not not the movie Future World, right, right. but future world uh, uh, timelines. You know what I'm saying? It's the future with the old, right? And you mix it together and it creates such a cool dynamic and story to tell. But doesn't that land, lend credibility to my argument, which is that the Western itself, right? Unless you've fused it with something. Um, the Western itself is maybe something that just kind of can't be done. And I don't mean like, you know, can't as in like we shouldn't. I just mean like t- to get it done right is just so much harder nowadays. You know what? I am seeing a lot of Westerns on television. There seems to be a place for that because there they can tell character stories and people are more interested in seeing more accurately uh, t- told stories than nowadays. I think I think the Western needs to reinvent itself to reflect more of what it was like. Like you said, maybe they're already doing that. And if people know, shout them out in the comments. Give us some recommendations for movies that you think are modern westerns or being westerns that are being made now. And do they and are they accurate? Do they represent well? Like, I don't know. You tell me. Put it in a comment. We want to know. That'd be really cool to know. Movie suggestions, ladies and gentlemen. Get to it. Uh, you know, I think I think maybe too. It's like the, the western is is kind of you know without turning this into sort of a political show. Um, I wonder too if the Western is maybe like too American, if that makes any sense. Well, at least like historically, right? I mean, it was just like, at what point in reinventing the genre does it just become something else? Which is totally cool. You know, think about like Tex Mex, which I don't personally care for, but anyways. I mean, you live in Texas. How can you not like Tex Mex? <laughs> well, you're hardcore, David. It is. Uh, like, I, I, what I would say is that I, I think I've, my taste for Tex Mex is kind of dulled, especially as. You know, you kind of find out like about traditional Mexican food. I've gotten closer to my roots. I'm on Duolingo. Um, I watched <laughs> My Ducks Two the other day just to Ooh. see, just to see. I've already for- fucking forgotten <laughs> his name. Oh, way to go, dude! Way to go. Okay, 
<laughs> what do they call him? Like uh, Rodriguez? No, not Rodriguez. Are you thinking, you're trying to think of Benny the Jet Rodriguez, which is from yes. Sandlot. Oh. Man, I fucked up. That's what you're thinking about, God, dude. Man. What was this yeah, character's dude, name? One, of the, in one of the fastest Latinos in movie history, baby. The only he fast Latino. In- That's my quote. Fastest Latino, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Who didn't want? I bought those shoes because I thought, as a fat little Hispanic kid in Brownsville, I had to play baseball too. I thought if I bought those shoes, I too would be fast. Let me tell you what, dude. No. <laughs> You know, absolutely not. There, there is something fitting about us talking about like westerns and also talking about Latinos because again, most cowboys were Mexican. So, um, I, I true, and that's actually like part of why like I would want to kind of choose this as a topic because I was curious. You think about like the Wild West, what it means and mm-hmm. for most people. The understanding is that it wasn't what we think it is, and right. it's just been mythologized even though real shit happened and really interesting shit. So I'm curious if there's a time in your life that was a lot less turbulent than it felt at the time. Like you look back and you say, you know what? That actually, that wasn't that bad. Why did I make such a big deal about it? Or why do I still cling to that? Um, You know, like subterfuge wise, baggage wise. Does that make sense? Like if I'm thinking about like from, from my end, you know, when I was diagnosed with epilepsy, because epilepsy is is really just nothing. It's like you take pills and you're fine. For some people, yeah, it's really terrible. But it wasn't debilitating. But I think it just, you know, being in college just kind of overreacted to that. And it just made it feel like existential in a way that it should have been. It should have just simply been like, hey, you're not perfect. Some people's bodies like just react to things or have things wrong with them. And you just fucking accept that shit. And you learn to live with it. And that becomes part of who you are. It's hard because I think there was a lot of moments in my life, whether they be like personal changes to myself or environmental changes. You know what I mean? Um, I remember when I was a kid, this is a very small one that's, you know, very doesn't mean much. But I remember when I was a, a child and I was actually going from I was going from the first grade to the second grade. Okay. And I remember at the time, I remember just just losing my marbles. Two things happened in that era of my life, right? Around the first and second grade area. One, and I again, there's nothing now, but I just remember at the time my emotions were just over the top, maybe because I was a child. And um, one Explains was I had lot. to switch schools when I was a kid. And that was devastating for me because when you're a kid and you make all of these connections, with all these friends and you're ripped away from them. And I am someone who have a problem with change to begin with. I always have since my dad left. I've never been able, I've had like, you know, uh, commitment issues and holding on and, and keeping things precious. So being taken away from that and putting it in another place with a complete set of strangers was terrifying as a child. Now I look back and I'm like, oh, whatever, dude, you should have just like gone with it and reinvented yourself and be a sex machine. I mean, I know it's the second grade, but still, you know what I mean? Um, the And that was really devastating for me. And I remember, like, looking back, I wish I had taken more of an opportunity as a kid to open myself up to more people. Wait, it, wait a second. Wait, all of your, like, or eureka moments are in the first grade? Yeah, so my body and my life started to change a lot, too, because those were heavy things that impacted me as a child that led to other things down the line that would right, go, right. you know what I'm saying? So, like... 
change, you know, the disruption between schools was so heavy with me that that kind of trauma, that kind of fear stuck with me for so long. And ever since then, I've had trouble with letting go, with massive quick change, with, you know, I've gotten better at it and I've now learned to adjust and take advantage of the situation. But I still have those same terrifying feelings that I did when I was a kid. So, so can you think of something recently where you felt like you could trace your reaction to those first grade experiences and knowing that like, man, you know, like, okay, this is not to say like you experience it and feel like, oh man, I'm a fucking idiot, but more of like, hey, I know what my body's reacting to. I know this is traced back to this. Sure. Uh, when I when I started working out and I got cut and sexy, I was like, oh my God, I'm sexy. And I had to like come to terms with my body just being a machine for love now, dude. It was a very weird moment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no wonder you've been just so uh, sexually liberated in recent episodes. Where you're, <laughs> you know, it, And it's not just the assless chaps. I mean, when we hung right. out, you were grabbing my ass. Um, I did. You a little handsy. I did. Uh, yes. I didn't mind. I did the weird science. I did the weird science ass grab. If anybody knows what that is. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I've seen weird science. I can't remember this. Yeah, one of the best things I ever learned from Weird Science the movie. Going back to one of our early episodes. Had a secretly uh, sexual assault. <laughs> well, I mean, let's not twist it like that, David. It, or or it educated a budding sexual desire inside of a young man who didn't know what to do and didn't have a father to teach him. So you know, I <laughs> I had to learn through Gary and Wyatt. About the world of sex, my guy, okay? But again, as always, John Hughes continually teaching me how to be a man uh, at the very end of the movie. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know. again, I don't have a really good life sometimes, David. But at the very end of the movie, you know, um, Wyatt goes and takes his girlfriend, his new girlfriend that he, I guess, right. won or yeah. earned. That sounds terrible. Um, it's home, his and when he's kissing consort. her. Consort. Correct. You're right. And when he's taking her home and he's dropping her off, he does the Lisa move where he puts his hands on her butt and squeezes as they kiss. Which gives it a little extra oomph, my friend. And uh, I uh, I picked that up from that movie, and I've uh, been sexually assaulting people ever since. So. <laughs> you know, you got to give credit to John Hughes for like not being like low key or elegant about the sexual assault. Like it's it's just right there. Like, and he he doesn't mince words. He's good at what he does, baby. He's good at what he does. Um, no, that's all. That's all. That's all lies, ladies and gentlemen. Except the white, the weird science thing. That's an actual fact. I did try to do that in a couple of times in high school, and maybe I still actually subconsciously do it. Um, I think the modern events that have happened to me um, that deal with me having to problems with change and 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 readjustment and loss, you know, like that kind of thing, permanent loss, uh, is a little dark. But it deals with, uh, you know, I think, and this is for most people, but it definitely deals with death. Um, the day that we're recording this, David, today is the birthday of one of my best friends who died last year. Oh man, yeah. That, um... I I remember the um, memories you posted on social media. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. You know, honestly, I don't even, know, even and, know if I ever told you this. I am sorry for your loss. And really not just your loss, but like, you know, everybody's loss. Thank you, man. I appreciate that today most of all. Um, you know, I think that's one of those things where something permanent happening that you can't control and... You have to overcome these feelings that it'll not be there anymore. It's just like, and again, it's death is not the same as changing schools or yeah, getting yeah. glasses. Like I'm not comparing it to that. We're talking about as a child having these heavy emotions, and I'm just relating to the fact that I have adult heavy emotions, and there are things that cause change. And that being, you know, the loss of my friend is 
he's never coming back, you know, and that is something that I've had to come to terms with. And it's hard. And I'm, I'm sure most people know what I'm talking about, those that have lost loved ones or people that are close to them. And it's not been easy. But a lot of those, again, the same dredged up emotions of inevitability or loss of control or something missing forever or gone or physically not there or separated from someone or something or feelings or emotions, those are all still inside me that remind me of that time that are translated now as to adult version. And it gets me, man. It's really, really hard. And uh, I've worked very hard to fix those things. And But, you know, today's like today's like today. today days like today don't make it any easier. I think that's, you know, listen, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not the person to uh, act like Tony Robbins or some like shitty self-help coach who feels like, you know, a few extra lines are worth a $2,000 class that you can fucking take and figure out how to like think positive and all that bullshit. Uh, what I will say though, man, is that just like the fact that you feel something so intensely is just all the more reason to cherish that he left something permanent, like a permanent feeling of loss. And that to me, to me, like that, that sort of that feeling of loss is always inverse, inversely proportional to the value they had. And in its own kind of fucking, you know, crazy way, that's like, that is a positive, right? I mean, that's like, mm -hmm. not, and, and mm -hmm. this is not like toxic positivity where we talk about like, well, you know, your, 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 your boss is not really gaslighting you. You just fucking, you're just <laughs> too fucking sensitive, man. This is like, right. it's like every comedy special, like in the last like 10 years, people are so sensitive, man. Right. <laughs> like after like two fucking economic classes in a pandemic, people are just too fucking sensitive. <laughs> you know? Calm down, dude. Grow a sack, man. Learn to laugh. <laughs> I think uh, you were offering me a compliment or some advice, David, about how my... Oh, sorry. How this helps. Yeah, yeah, no. It, <laughs> yeah, like, I, listen, I, I don't have shit to say that's, like, profound about death, except, um, you know, clearly, like, you miss him, and that's all the evidence you need to know that, like, his shit had worth. And I would say the same thing. You know, if, if you died, I would, like, absolutely try to steal as many DVDs as I could, like, off your shelf. Right. And I'd probably take that Kroll poster and definitely the Kant books. For the love of God, for the umpteenth time, it's not a Kroll poster. We've gone through this. This is a Kroll board game from back in 1980-whatever. God damn it. You know this. I've said this to you a thousand times. Fuck me all the hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, David, it's, it's interesting, man, that because connecting movies – with emotions as far as like how we feel um, and, and what it means to us. And we, we are, we talk a lot about movies. In fact, you know, talking about like Westerns today too. The death of you Westerns, know, no less. The death of Westerns. You know, sometimes, you know, movies like Westerns though, they may not serve necessarily more accurate portrayal these days, um, but I think that they do offer a sense of escapism for a lot of people, which is what movies can normally do. But some people yearn for a different time. I've met people who have shared uh, westerns are really popular, of course, with an older community, right? Because of you know Gunsmoke and John Wayne and yada yada yada. But those are a really lot of my old friends people. who are my age. Yeah, really old people who like John Wayne. Well, I was just know, like, like, why were why were those your go to <laughs> westerns? What what's wrong with the because Clint everybody who I've ever met who's like like sixty plus <laughs> is always like back in my day we'd watch. John Wayne on the big screen. Playing you know, Genghis, Genghis Khan. Kong and he nailed it. <laughs> Glad we were all the same way. And, and they don't see a problem with it. They, it was the best portrayal of Genghis Khan. And I'm like, okay, well, well a lot of stuff was <laughs> problematic back in the day. But 
I do see a lot of people who are connected to their family and to the past through Westerns, which is very interesting. And that's just goes to show the power of film and, and sharing in a community and stuff like that. And I think that's what movies, that's what Westerns can offer, at least a connection to the past, not accurate, but definitely a connection to something that we, you know, maybe, maybe secretly yearn for a, a time of more freedom, I guess, but also a lot of like death. I don't know. You know, right. People have different reasons for loving Westerns. Shout out if you tell us why you like Westerns, but it can connect you to people just like movies can connect you um, to people as well, whether it be Tombstone with my mom or, you know, one of the many movies <laughs> I have with my friend uh, that I'm going to watch tonight, man. It's beautiful. But by, by the way, we need to like just add in here, which is that like, you know, we often make a big deal about um, the things that we want. And a lot of times the things that we want, we don't want as intensely as we think. And we think about Westerns. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's say that like, oh, well, you know, like 50 years ago, like they decided to like pay homage to accurate Westerns. What would we have gotten? We just would have gotten like John Wayne playing a Mexican cowboy. Like just would like tanned him up like Anthony Hopkins and fucking Zorro. Like that's let's you know if if they made wanted to make about the gun control laws of the Wild West, you know, um, they every Western would have been about like somebody shooting their way to freedom. <laughs> just, just like dumb shit. Which is to me like most movies when it comes to like trying to respect. Uh, history and that's because i think for the most part like people don't respect history so i'm not making this like a hollywood thing david i i've answered uh, we've clearly answered my favorite western which is probably going to be tombstone slash quick in the dead can you tell me your favorite western or what you grew up watching what was your absolute favorite western man you know it's i don't i don't enjoy it like I, i'm not i don't enjoy it now but like growing up, man, Young Guns, Young Guns was like, <laughs> yeah. It, you don't like it now? No, no. Mainly, it's just it's just kind of cheesy, right? Like I watch it now with fresh eyes, and it's just it's it's not that interesting. Um, but man, like uh, Emilio Estevez, Emilio Estevez Ooh, does Emilio. A, some great work. Uh, so does Lou Diamond Phillips. Although, hell yeah, somebody was like talking about the first power the other day, and I was thinking about Lou Diamond Phillips, and I was like. Have you ever seen that movie? It's been a long time. Great stunts, but I rewatched it, and, and my God, that movie is obsessed with like hitting Lou Diamond Phillips in the nuts. Like, there's, it's got a serious <laughs> problem, and I just wanted to throw it out there because it's the only time I could probably ever talk about this. You could also talk about it if we do. Uh, they live. There's also a lot of nut bashing there. So if you want to talk about nut bashing, that also is acceptable on this podcast. Dude, th- we, I think we need an episode dedicated to like the best nut shots in films. It's the most lowbrow, lowest common denominator concept we could possibly talk about. Dude, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you want to hear us talk about for an hour about the best nut bashing possible, hit us up. We'd love you know what? That could be the first episode of we ever start a Patreon. <laughs> you pay for that extra content, you get that extra nut busting content, my dude. Two for the price That's of one. That's what I'm talking about. That's the best. The first one we'll talk about. We'll sell our shirt. Three Leches Sex. It'll be really great. That's the name of our album also coming out soon. It's our spoken word album. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Um, David, this, it, much like much like Emilio Estevez in Young Guns, um, <laughs> you know, an amazing performance. You have uh, taken us around this journey and done an amazing job at going through the Westerns. And poking at me deep inside, getting me to talk about stuff. But this is the part of the show, David, where that was a super lame transition, by the way. I thought I had it. I, I like it. You're, in fact, you're going to stick okay. with that shit. 
Okay, okay, we're going to stick with it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're sticking with it. This is the part of the show, David, where we talk about, we recap what you learned about me today. Uh, so I look forward to hearing this because I have no idea what I said. I feel like I blacked out for the last hour. So, David, tell me, what did you learn about me today, David? I, I learned that, for one, that you're knowledge of westerns is shit it needs it needs to correct itself and it needs to, hey I, this you. is this is my platform right now don't interrupt me jesus christ okay I'll shut <laughs> up. um <Jesus> christ. <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be complimentary not bringing me down harder but go ahead listen man like for for one i, I do uh respect that uh you know you're you're going through a tough time and the great thing about brian because normally i would just tell you what i learned and i did learn some things but i want to talk about what makes brian son of orthy great which is that no matter what tragedy befalls you no matter what happens in life you are still around for friends and you're still around for family and um you know that that's kind of uh i think that's one of the reasons why uh not just the memory of people you love will live on, but why even Brian's son of Orton's memory will live on. Because you feel things deeply, but no matter how deeply or sort of intensely you feel them, like you're still gonna be there for uh, the people you care about. And so, you know, sometimes I take that for granted. Sometimes I take for granted that like, man, you know, I can always just like, if I text Brian, cause I'm terrible with this, right? Like somebody texts me or calls me, and man, I got shit to do, dude. Like, I'll get to it when I get to it. I'm fucking terrible with that, dude. Like, even some of my buddies who just like, you know, guys that typically like gay panic if you just hug them are telling me like, why don't you talk to me? <laughs> and 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 like, I I I promise to be better about that because you're somebody that I can rely on, and and that consistency is I think the only thing you can really like offer in this in this life because it isn't consistent for shit. And, and we're, yeah, I think I was going to add something else, but like, I just fucking lost my train of thought. I'll take it, David. That was one of the, again, I'm going to put it in the category of that. It start, you started off with a really digging insult about like, I don't know shit about Westerns, even though I admitted my category is low. You still kicked me in the nuts. LDP style. Okay, dude. You still kicked me in the nuts. And yet you turned it around. At the very end, and that is why you are a great, great man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. That's the end of our show. Somehow we made it through. Somehow you tied in Westerns into this. I don't know how, but somehow you did it like you always do. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We hope that you had a great, great time. Um, Remember, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to like, share, and, and give us five stars and give us a review. If you hate our show, but you give us five stars and you leave a review, we're probably going to read it. If you love our show and you give us five stars and you give us a nice review, we're probably still going to read it. Either way, I'm getting hurt or feeling great. One of the two is going to happen because I'm a sensitive peach. If you'd like to recommend topics to us, ask us questions, ask us advice, or just generally yell at us, you can hit us up at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod, at gmail.com if you'd like to talk to us and mix with us on social media you can hit us up on twitter and instagram at wreck the pod r-e-c the pod we're also on the tiktok ladies and gentlemen we're gearing up to work on that one and put out some fun content so subscribe now so that way we can see when everything comes out david is there anything you'd like to say before we go one of the best nut shots ever 
Gary Oldman on Christian Slater in True Romance just racks the shit out of him. And for whatever reason, the camera like has a close-up on it. That's the best <laughs> ending quote for the entire episode we've ever had. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Brian Ortiz, son of Orti. David Castle, Castillo. You know what time it is? Take us out. Hold on, what, what, is, what is the cue here? Dude, this is the cue. We talked about this. This is the well-by. You're supposed to say well-by. We're closing oh. you out, baby. You missed it. Good <sighs> Lord, David. Oh, my God. Just end the episode. And three, two, one, go. Well, bye. Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by.